what are your thoughts, Tim? My thoughts. <laughs> I think they, 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 Binance and all those other crypto guys who are doing these crypto things, they are always under regulatory scrutiny, I think. Yeah. So we will have to see how this, how this develops. But I do definitely know that I wouldn't trust those entities under any investigation. I don't have any money with, the, with them. Yeah. I don't listen to what they're saying. Um, and I try to steer away as much as I can. Ladies and gentlemen, comrades, welcome to episode eight of the Quam Show. Tim is back. Also in English, last week we had a Dutch episode. And um, a little bit tired. Hope today is going to be a little bit better. There have been some very interesting developments uh, when it comes to our beloved Quant project. Uh, there's been an update of the user dashboard. Um, it's kind of similar um, to what it used to be. It's just polished a bit more. But there are some changes. There are some credits. And we also know um, for now, and Tim is skeptical, we're going to have a discussion on this. Um, what a transaction will cost. It's going to be pretty interesting. Um, so stay tuned for that. Also, um, BitBoy got sued together with CZ Binance and a bunch of other fun stuff. Uh, going to have a brief look at that. We're going to look at the price. There's some movement in the markets left and right. Uh, there's some stupid ass dog back on Twitter for some reason. And there has been some tweeting going on by the Quant team. And uh, we're going to look at those emails, see, uh, sorry, emails, tweets. <laughs> I saw Tim's face go cringe. Uh, we're going to have a look at those tweets, see uh, what is interesting for us. We're going to have a look at the future, what's to come. So it's going to be a pretty packed episode. And um, I hope my audio is a lot better than last week. I see at least I have my own tent back i got my lighting fixed again i got a new pc so everything was like back to zero I had a ton of trouble with my wallets getting them back figuring out which wallet needs what phrase for which token i highly recommend people uh, compromise under opsec just a little bit and make a list make a list um, if you need phantom wallet for which chain do you need it? What token resides on there? And maybe even just put seed phrase in if it's not billions and billions of dollars and put that on a thumb drive or something like that. Because if your computer kicks the bucket, you're gonna have a hell of a lot of work trying to figure out where you put everything, at least in my case. And um, it will just give you a headache. So put it on a ledger, that's like the most ideal option because recovering everything from a ledger is as easy as plugging the thing in, starting Ledger Live, and everything will just pop up, including your history and all those good things. But if you work with paper wallets or MetaMask or all those other things, you have a ton of shit coins, um, you're in for a heap of stress um, if, if, yeah, if your computer fails because you have to redo everything with the recovery phrases or the... Uh, the secret key or whatever. So 
just a friendly word of advice in that regard. Tim, my friend, you yeah. were in France. You were uh, there to watch the Dutch soccer team get their ass kicked, or did they win? I can't remember. Asked last no, week. They, first, they uh, they lost. I try to uh, forget the trauma. Thanks for bringing it bringing it back up. No, no, <laughs> no. Just had a fun week in France. It was just way too much. Uh, first went to the south of France, then. Uh, Halfway in the week, so around Wednesday, we went to Paris, did a speed run of uh, the city, went to Disneyland, went to Marseille, went to Nice, went to the Stade de France to watch the game. Uh, it was just one big speed run, and it's nice. Yeah, because of the smell, wasn't it? Huh? Because of the smell and the rats in Paris. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it was a fun week, but... I don't know. It's uh, if you have any French listeners, uh, fix your country, man. What is it like? You guys always protest, and when you're walking across the street there in Paris, the, 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 you have those heaps of garbage just piling up further and further and further. You literally see those rats just coming and then snatching garbage and just running off again. Um, very scenic, very uh, very French. No, had a fun week. Came back um, sick, so the last Dutch episode was a complete disaster. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, well, I could barely talk. My nose was jammed, uh, sore throat, coughing all the time. It was a disaster. Anyway, we're back, and um, during my holidays, I didn't really spend any time on crypto. I didn't pay any attention. Did watch the uh, and no, actually did listen to the episode with Boss, Jarno recorded. That was a really nice episode to see get some well, background info and, and and look behind the curtain of Overledger. It was really nice. And then last week, obviously, we had the update of Quant Connect, and well, we're gonna talk about it in this episode. Yeah, and yeah, and, it was uh... kind of exciting. So, yeah, they were also we're gonna have a look at the at Galileo, I believe. Yeah, they have some developments as well. So it's gonna be interesting too. For sure. How are you, by the way, before we move on to other things? Uh, a little bit tired. A lot of stuff here at home piling up. Um I'm also not really in a crypto mindset. I'm just most of my time busy with family or um playing ESO and I really like that. I get notifications every week from my telegram and from my phone. You have used your phone 40 minutes less than last week. And I've been getting those for like months now, um, which is really cool. Uh, is there because... a rebound effect in uh, Elder Scrolls Online? So your, your screen time of telegram will decrease while your screen time... Oh, 100%. I'm a hundred percent. I'm uh, I'm in that game like 10, 12 hours a day. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. Juicy. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's I'm lucky I can though. allocate my time that way. I think. But yeah, man, now it's uh, it's a lot healthier for my brain being there than being on Telegram, because definitely, yeah. One thing never changes within crypto and telegram. Well, it's a couple of things. 
And it, it all originates with, with human beings. People are just lazy motherfuckers. I thought it would all originate with the when. The w. Yeah. Yeah. People are lazy motherfuckers. Everybody needs to get spoon fed. And I'm in a couple of groups still. I'm no longer in Confluence. Maybe I'll return. But it's uh, everybody is super entitled. Everybody is, what are you going to do for me? I am here. I am a customer. Feed me. Help me. Provide your service to me. And um, that just pisses me the hell off. It, it, I, I just can't take that anymore. Oh, and by and, the way, I'm not buying your products. I'm solely just trading a spin-off of a thing that used to be yours. And now I'm still entitled to your service. Uh, yeah, yeah um, I mean, there, there are some chats, and luckily that's not necessarily in the quant community, uh, because we yeah. have very, very well-trained and well, well, I mean, we have a very good bunch of admins. It all yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. And yeah. If you read some other chats on Telegram, I won't mention the names, <laughs> but you can see uh, where my account is present, then you, you could Probably imagine of which chats I'm hinting. What a shit show that is, man. People don't even read. They don't even put their finger, their little finger on the, 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 the pinned message above. They, they can't even do that. The only thing is, hey, when this, when that, uh, when exchange, when Binance, that's the only thing they ask. And nine yeah. out of 10 times it are bots. Yeah, and, and, and what they actually want to ask is when can I dump my tokens? Not Basically. how can I support the project? No. Oh. How can I make my millions and, and, and dump your project? Because that's the question, because that's what they're here for. Yeah. Anyway, um, quant groups are a little bit different. And um, I'm currently still only admin in the Dutch groups, which I thoroughly still enjoy, even though there is a of those people coming in and other people that are already there for a long time still um, talking shit coin and, and stuff. I'm like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here, man. You, you know yeah. the rules. You've been here for fucking three years. Um, which, which, which is annoying. Um, and my patience is just very thin right now. So are you, are you, if you are watching, with... you are warned. What? I'm sorry. Oh yeah. You are indeed playing around with a pen. Oh yeah. This, this. Like, oh what, yeah. What is it? Sorry I for always, interrupting your rent. I, I, I always need something in my fingers. And I noticed the last recording that I was playing around with my toothpick. And I was like, yeah, okay, I need to stop picking my teeth while I'm recording. Um, but now apparently my pen, there's a green little thingy. And I'm trying to yeah. pull it out and put it like right in the center to get this straight. It's parallel, whatever. I'll, I'll just put, I'll, I'll put it here. Yeah. Sorry, sorry for interrupting your rants. This was <laughs> no. the start to the show. I'm doing the no, same. I was just wondering what I heard in the background, but that is it. Yeah, no. Mystery solved. Hey, um, <laughs> yeah, we could do a longer introduction, but I think this covers it. I could tell you my holiday stories, but you won't be interested in it, in it anyway. So let's move on I, to... I, I, just, I just broke it on purpose, so I cannot make that sound anymore. You broke it on purpose. Actually, yeah, yeah. Okay, now, now we're still in the. I actually did the same thing with my pen. So, for those who can see it, 
and there used <laughs> to be this this um this this orange thingy on top like the so you could use <laughs> it as like a um a stylus you know so you could point things yeah. in your touch screen but i kind of i broke it during the episode and now it's gone but it used to be so <laughs> satisfying to play around with that okay hey uh quant connects and yeah there's something there's some four cents discussion going on yeah let's uh let's uh, let, let, let's let, let's share my screen it's screen one for some crazy reason truth is he going Zoom? to share this the correct screen. screen yeah 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 Zoom decided that my primary screen is screen two, while this is screen one, which is really fascinating to me. Anyway, um, I cannot zoom this in further, farther. Um, Quant Connect. Quant Connect used to be the developer portal. Yeah, back in the day, we went to developer.quant.network, and um, you could there... Um, get into your personal environment and um, and set up whatever you needed to set up. So right now um, they, they have migrated and, and Boss and I alluded to this in the previous uh, English episode that this would happen. Um, Boss got an email and everybody else received the email as well. Conveniently, six hours after we posted our episode. Is it a coincidence? I think not. Uh, but maybe there was. Um, but we, we have, a, a, and we spoke about this person in, uh, with Boss as well. We have a new uh, programming god, uh, Juanjo of Juanjo of Juanjo. I don't know. And I apologize. Um, we, we just call him Juanjo <laughs> because that's so amazing. Juanjo. And um, it, it, in the developer, Quant Network Developer Community. The link is in the description. Um, he typed this. Hello, guys. I've been making some tests to see how much credits are consumed when you do a transaction or monitor an address. In my case, I purchased the older 100-pound developer one-year pack. Now I have the legacy version plan that allows me to use 10 mainnets and their respective testnets. So this is really nice, right? Because he provides a lot of information already about what he's using. Um, and, and tells you what this applies to. And uh, Mr. Zwanjwo, um figured out that um, the credits you buy, and we spoke about this last episode, right? So uh, you pay $1.1 dollar, not a pound, dollar per credit. So if you spend like, uh, what's that, 30K, you get 40K credits, something like that. And those credits get consumed um, while you perform actions on the net. So it's kind of like a prepaid system um, where, where you just buy a bunch. You can pay by, by Q&T. You can see that on the, on the website. I'll show you some screenshots right here. So here it says, hi, Zhuanzhuo. My credits, zero. Trial, it reads in the bottom at the right of, of that box. My plan, legacy. This remaining 358, he used 5.4 credits currently here. If we go to the next thing, you can see here 30k credits cost you $33,000. So this is not 
uh, a gateway license. This is not what a gateway operator pays. This is definitely um, bottom tier, and this is not a negative thing, but a bottom tier uh, enterprise license, right? Um, so if you start your crypto company, you want to create your token, um, and let's call it entry tier. This is just that's that's a little bit nicer. It means the same fucking thing, but <laughs> don't, don't want to be insulting people. Um, so you get a bunch of credits, right? 5K, 30K, or 15,000, uh, 15, and, and, and you pay uh, accordingly. So these credits then get used on the network. And Tim asked actually in the preparation for this. Is this actually quant being consumed? And um, my thesis is that, that it's not, that this is a very clever way for them to save costs. Because if you use your own little credit system, um, no pun intended, or aluminium hat insinuations, mind you, then, then, then you can do on your own network whatever you want. And as soon as this runs out or prior, you do one single transaction to the Ethereum blockchain rather than do all the microtransactions, which cost a lot of money. And Quant is all about efficiency and the cost saving. So I think that is what is going on. So um, if we click a little bit further, you can see here the discrepancies in what he has used. I'll go around that pretty quickly. Um, he said, this is a balance I had before making a native transaction using OVR on the Avalanche Fuji testnet. This means I only sent AVAX, no smart contract interaction. After the transaction, it was up 0.04 credits, right? That was the screen that I shared earlier. So here it's 5.44. Here it reads 5.4, i.e. he consumed, used 0.04 credits which kind of boils down to one overlet interaction in this case uh, equates to a four cent fee. And this is what he says as well. They give us a price of uh, $0.044 per transaction through OVL. Of course, these are prices that may or may not be final. The price of quant has varied these days, and I don't think the amount needed in QNTs have varied. We are still in the process of migration until the end of April, which is really important. Um, so for a smart contract invoke, we have the same credit consumption, 0.04 credits per transaction. This is before the transaction. This is after the transaction that invoked. The screenshot reads how much of credits are consumed. And he did the same with ERC-20, et cetera, et cetera. So it takes some time, he says, for the credit count to refresh. does not go instantly. It takes about 40 minutes to an hour to reflect how many have been consumed. Um, and he, he, he kind of folds it all up, saying in resume, taking into account the current quant prices being $127, native transaction slash smart contract transaction, 0.04 credits or 0.044 dollars equates to 0.000346 QNT. Um, and he states, I think this info is quite important. And I agree, it is. Um, 
before we get there, before we could start discussing what, what this would potentially mean, he also adds gateway fee amount is still zero unit QNT. Um, and that's also important for, for the discussion Tim and I will have in a bit. Um, read this April 2nd. Um, from the beginning of the day, this discussion took place in the Quant Network Developer Community. Link is in the description. Maybe I can copy the message link. I'll, I'll throw that in the description as well. And um, so you guys can just hop there and see for yourself if you want more clarity. So, so what is going on here, right? And, and, and this is all just speculation and a little bit of logical thinking. Um, to the extent that we have the capacity to do so. Um, four cents for a transaction. My first response was, holy shit, that is expensive. And, and, and Tim shared that opinion, right? Mm. Yeah. So four cents for a transaction seems hefty. Because as Tim put it, okay, so if I sent 20 million transactions, I pay $800,000 in fees. And I was like, uh, yes. But in our entire lifetime, we have not used the word the 20 million times. So 20 million transactions is a lot. And if a company is so big that it says that it needs to send 20 million transactions, that means they make a lot of money. Yeah. And then the question arises, right? For what do you use overledger? Do you use for everything? Do you use it only for the for the for the national critical infrastructure things? Is it worth four cents? Um, and and for some perspective, I'll throw this up on the screen. Um, an email. If you go with an email marketing list thing, an email marketing list could cost between uh, hundred to six hundred cost per mil. Um, and we found another thing. If you want an email server. You pay an average of about a oh, misclick. Oh well, you pay like between two cents per email up to like 10k emails, and then it goes as low as 0 0.008, so a little less than a cent per email. If you send a quarter million, yeah, above a quarter million emails, you get. Discounts more obviously. So, yeah. so for a regular email, you pay about one cent. An overledger transaction, bare bones, costs you about four cents. An email is technically useless; it has practically zero value. So, if you send a message, like I said to Tim earlier, from China through Russia to the United States, I'd say you want to use maybe overledger. Is that worth four cents? I think so. Yeah, it's. Thanks, first of all, for your introduction into what was going on yeah. in the quant. Yeah, I, I haven't been talking for like nine minutes, ten minutes. Sorry, man. No, it's okay. It's uh, I wouldn't be able to uh, explain it any better. Um, yeah, that that just was the point that I brought up. Uh, besides the is QNT being used for this. Yeah. Um, yeah, four cents sounds like a lot, 
And my question is, will you get, I mean, I can imagine that if you don't necessarily do a lot of transactions, you do like 40,000 or something, then I can imagine that four cents, cents, that's okay. But we start entering the millions and the hundreds of millions or even the billions, then my question is, will we see discounts occurring? No. We don't definitely know, and I think that there will. So yeah, at least it's really interesting that for the first time, as I can remember it, that we kind of have a price linked to Q&T because I, I remember that this is one of the things that people are really interested in, like the yeah. usage of the network and, and what it will cost because what this all will boil down to is, is if what we as gateway operators will start earning and, and, and to put it no. we've had this this is not what a gateway operator will earn before we go into that discussion and we, yeah, I wouldn't call it staking even though we know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah let's not enter that discussion again but what it boils down to is what you will see at the end going through the setting up a gateway process for uh, putting your Q&T in there Doing yeah. all the magical stuff that, that is required, what will eventually boil down to your bank account? That that is the question yeah. we all want to know. And this no, is one the, of the question you want you want to get answered. That's the question you want to get answered. Yeah, right? yeah we, we want to know the answer too. Yeah, yeah. Because so, that that is ultimately interesting for us as yeah. regular people so holding Q and T. What what we now what we now know is to use Overledger itself, right? The compute or the infrastructure and the security that comes with it. You pay four cents if you buy 40,000 credits, 30,000, something like that. So, so that's, that's an estimate for their service and, 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 and a little bit of profit. Yeah, let's 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 say they make uh, they make thirty percent of it. Which I don't know. So 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 that's that's a cost they need to cover, and of course, companies can buy most likely plants that are either unlimited or whatnot. But those costs are there; those costs need to be covered, right? Same as we're sitting here. I have three LED bars on my face. And I got my microphone on, and I got my 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 power pack and my computer and all that stuff. And everything costs money, and costs need to be covered. Um, that that does not go away. So so we know that part, right? So they say four cents. Um, for us is 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 what we need want to keep to keep the light on for these things. Let's assume that that's correct. That does not include the use of the network. This is just their gateways, right? That's why the gateways are still zero. The quant gateways are still there. Yeah, they, they use these for the test net or for their clients. I don't know what is going on behind the scenes, obviously. But this will apparently cover their costs because the gateway fees are set to zero still, um, which is fine. But as soon as we enter the equation, then things get different. And, and, and arguably more expensive because the, the 2020 information, eh, 
right? The information from back in year 2020 was that every gateway operator can can set their own fee, right? You can you can determine yourself how much you want to charge for a transaction. And yes, we can say I want 10 euros for a transaction, which is fine. You can ask. <laughs> Just like in the real world, you can always ask. But the question is, will people pay? And the answer is most likely no, because there will be other people. And 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 unless there's a lot of colluding going on, I don't see a transaction costing 20 euros anytime soon. Um, regardless, those fees need to be paid, and there will be a, a routing algorithm or a routing algorithm for that in the future, no doubt, because there will be game theory, and there will be a way to to get the cost as low as possible. And there will be a yield that the people will get and it will not be fixed. And it will be dependent on the quality of your gateway. It will be dependent maybe on your uptime, but definitely on your reliability, on the tier of your gateway, which nodes do you run? How many do you run? And etc. So that will be added costs. And this is all speculation, obviously, and guessing because the information is three years old. There is a very good chance that um, within the overledger environment, let's say the United States can say, okay, we want to use the decentralization of the network because it adds resiliency, right? Adds consensus, um, adds all these wonderful things that DLT can provide. Um, and we need to get this message to China. So we want to use like 100 gateways for this type of transaction. And that means that this single message will cost them four cents. And this message could be, okay, let's send, let, let's send 10, 10 billion to China. I don't know. And uh, we want to do that message through 100 gateways. Then they will have to pay a lot more than the four cents. Mm -hmm. If you're just sending $100, you just use whatever it's called, Venmo or PayPal, whatever. Nobody gives a crap. But if it's really, really important information or a really high number of value, you want to go with the resilient decentralized network. And then paying four cents to Quant plus one cent to Yarno, one cent to Tim, mm -hmm. um, etc. And then maybe you pay. 10 euros for a transaction. I just looked on Uniswap. If I swap ETH to QNT, I pay $13 euros. 13 for a yep. transaction. They'll, they'll get me two and a half QNT. So, so, so what is expensive, right? It depends on what information is being sent. Are we talking medical information? Are we talking um securities maybe right on an on an exchange are we talking about god knows what um the the necessity of the message getting across untampered will determine what people are willing to pay and yes there will be large differences even right now um why do people pay a lot of money to send things over Ethereum um, if they can just do it for what God knows how much cheaper on, on other chains. Um, so there will always be optionality there. And um, 
the gateway fees, nobody knows. We're, we're not there yet, um, but but that will be an, an extra cost on top. There's no doubt. Definitely. Yeah, they have to. And there's no overledger network without gateways, right? That is established. That has been confirmed by Gilbert over and over. Um, so, so, so we'll get there. And we have another piece of the puzzle right now saying we need four cents if you want to use our, our stuff, which is, uh, I think, uh, pretty amazing uh, to have that breadcrumb. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely is a breadcrumb. Um, and we'll see how this develops. Lost yeah. my uh, um, enthusiasm regarding trying to understand how um, how I say in English um, if, how special this is. If that makes any sense, like mm -hmm. sure, it's really nice to hear this. Um, but we did did get tokenized last year, and then it took like eight months before we heard the second step. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, is is this it, yeah. or how long is the wait going to be? It definitely is interesting, nonetheless. Oh, so you know the trial. To, we, you know the yeah. tri the trial ends in 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 thirty days or sixty days, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we already knew that by the end of April, um, one of those things ended, and I believe there is a sixty-day trial just in general. So it could uh, very well be um, that 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 we know this H1, um, where, where we are at. In the light of this, right, um, Galileo, you spoke about this earlier. Um, they are set to deploy their token when? Uh, on the sixth Thursday, 6th of April at 2 p.m. Yeah, so that's prior to releasing this episode. Point. Let yeah. us know how it went in the comments. Because they would have launched their token last Monday, um, but but that failed uh, for some reason. They postponed for reasons unknown to us. Um, and then Tim asked a question, right? He's like, "Yeah, but they are dependent on quant," and that sent me on a, another tangent. Um, <laughs> because yes, Galileo is dependent on quant, but that is also the reason how they could have gone how they could go to market so quick. And, and if we look around, right, everybody is doing this. Yeah. Even this Confi show is being recorded, not on my hard disk. I do have the capacity. I have the bandwidth. But I am also reliant on my internet provider. And if my internet provider fails, then this episode is kaput. If I upload it to the cloud, then Tim can keep the episode up the recording doesn't stop. He just pauses it and we can continue where we left off after my internet um, has, has, has come back. Has happened the hard way last year. Yeah, but it could, right? So there's a lot of benefits to using cloud in this case. Another example is for cloud gaming. If you're on Xbox Ultimate, you notice you do not need to, to download every single game if you want to try it. You can merely go onto their platform, choose for the cloud gaming solution. You can try the game out, and if you want it, you can still download it, no problem. But if you only have one terabyte of, of, of hard drive, that will fill up pretty quickly. Like one Horizon 5 core game is already 120 gigs, which is crazy. I can remember that a, a floppy disk could contain a game. 
Until anyway, you're like Red Dead Redemption is where you're like 200 gigs. It's insane. My play, I'm yeah. on PlayStation, but yeah, it, it fills up so quickly. Yeah, and there's tons of people that don't even buy a gaming PC anymore. You can just rent compute as long as you have a decent internet connection. Yeah, then all, I mean, then then they will just render the game on the highest tier soft uh, hardware they can get, and they just send you the feed. You have a little bit of latency, right? That's the drawback. But yeah, you will not have to pay fucking three and a half thousand euros for a new computer. Yeah, and you can still game at the highest settings by just I'm having really- a monitor and a crappy laptop, or yeah. even on, on an Android phone if you if you desire to do so. I'm so, really curious how these cloud gaming solutions will develop. Um, Google Stadia is also one of the uh, yeah, yeah, one of the players it, in that field. In the future, you will own nothing and you'll be happy. That's where we're that's where we're heading, right? The service economy. Look outside my window here. There are three different brands of scooters: electrical bicycles, sorry, electric bicycles, electric cars. You can just rent everything. You just walk up, you tap your phone, you're logged in, and you're good to go. That's it. No need to own a car. No need to own a scooter. And and, and that's where we're heading. So if we're looking at projects like these, what Quant is now providing, that is the future. Nobody ever in the future wants to own, well, not nobody, but practically nobody, wants to own a fucking data center because all this infrastructure, I bought a new PC, spent a good amount of money. This thing will be more or less obsolete in six to 10 years, probably quicker, looking at the rate of development right now. So that's a yeah. pretty, pretty serious write-off, right? Because I all the upgrades almost spent 3K for the lot. That, that, that's, that, that's a pretty big write-off. <laughs> That's a lot of money. That's like uh, I'm not gonna. But it, gonna that, go there. that's start... an interesting point. I mean, if, if you look definitely at the development of technology, for for instance, and you go to you look at you would look at like the 1990s and the the, the, the zeros, um, because you brought up the point of computer computers and computing. That was. The moment that like the computing power like took hyper leaps every every two or every two yeah. years, and yeah. you would almost have to buy had to buy like a new computer every couple of years. Nowadays, like a six or seven year old computer can still can still do, can still work. But you, we weren't necessarily happier back in the day. We just had to buy new stuff every every now and then because it would yeah. be obsolete. But yeah. what we are now switching into is like this, this um, um, subscription economy where we don't, well, we do not necessarily own it anymore, but you just pay an annual fee and it will get you the newest stuff. I think the, the economy hasn't changed necessarily. No. It's a much more no, that's... deeper fundamental discussion behind this. I don't want to go. No, it's point, an interesting but... discussion. I, I think it's. <laughs> Things haven't changed point. that much if you think about it deeply. No. No, no, that's how no, the uh, uh, economy works, and it needs to because well, we need yeah. to keep, yeah, yeah, making yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, the economy well, will will grind to a halt, and then we're in a recession, and everything is going down. So, 
Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. It was a very, very good contribution. I think you're absolutely right. Um, but in the light of the point that we were making, so Galileo doesn't own all their shit. They're dependent on quant. Yes. Um, and But th that's the standard right now. Nobody wants to own a data center anymore. Nobody wants to rent server space if you don't have to. Um, same for your VPS. In the future, if you're going to run an overledger gateway, my God, guys, people, ladies, gentlemen, comrades, get a VPS, virtual private server. It'll set you back like a five or a tenner a month for like a pretty decent one, right? We run the quamfishow.com, our website, um, on a VPS, which is a quad core, which has like 400 gigs of memory and I believe 16 gigs of RAM or eight gigs, I can remember. And it cost me 15 euros a month. But I have no um, coding or different shit to do. It updates like every day I get an email. Your website just updated, which is wonderful. And they just take care of everything. If it needs to be migrated, they take care of it. Everything just works. My IP is not visible. You can choose if you want your own IP uh, because you share bandwidth now. For most applications, not relevant, it's not interesting. Um, it's not a problem. So ju just go with that. Don't do stuff like this from your home. It, it, it will not save you money. It will not give you more control. Um, so, so we use the services. Quant provides these services. And um, I think it's a wonderful model. I think there's a lot of companies going to Galileo way in the future. And they and they will just sign up to Quant and get what they need. If Quant doesn't have it, they go to Oracle and they they go to through Quant by proxy, which is also fine by us. And eventually yeah. num number will go up. When? Yes. Yeah. It's it's to circle back to Galileo. I think that is also a good example of the, that subscription economy that we were pointing at because well you don't necessarily want to own that bottle of whiskey yourself why would you right so you, you need to store it somewhere and if someone breaks into your house or uh, your kid hey that's that. yeah and but don't get me started on the floor yeah yeah then then your 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 whiskey is on the ground you don't need necessarily want to own stuff uh, well, you want to own it. It's interesting. Yeah, you can own it, but you don't. And, you will... huh? and that's and that's interesting, right? Because people, do you want to own it or do you want to hold it? And that's where we get into the into the weeds, because that's why people are so cringingly crying about the World Economic Forum remark, right? And without going full tinfoil here, who gives a shit if you don't own anything in the future? Yeah, I want to. I want to own my house. I want to own my car. I want to own my guns. I want to own everything. Okay, okay. Um, but why? And that's just human psychology. It gives you a sense of control, controlling your environment, controlling your your everything and it's it's hilarious because 
there hasn't been any control for years if you live online. Not yet. It's getting better. It's truly getting better. Within five or 10 years, you don't need 10,000 passwords anymore. You don't need paper wallets anymore. It will all be zero knowledge proofs and it will all be digital identity, et cetera. Um, and yes, there is a trade-off. You then no longer own a car that you need to service yourself. And you do not own a house, maybe, that you need to service yourself. And, and there's a ton of other things that will get easier. And you will say yes, and everybody will say yes, because that's what human beings do. We want efficiency, and we are, in essence, lazy in a good way. That's why we have all this technology right now. Or are you still handwriting letters, licking postage stamps, walking to the mailbox, throwing it in and waiting for three days to then call somebody, did you receive my letter? <laughs> or something yeah. like that. No, you just send an email. And as a result, you have a Google account that you shared your information left and right, that you accepted cookies because you were lazy. You just click yes. Mm. And that's fine. And that's fine. And, and it's the same with, with all the other things. Yeah. Um... Do you think that it's kind of preferable to own a house instead of having the, the, the um, ownership at some party that will determine? That's just my personal preference. Hey, uh, let's move on. I, I agree. Uh, I, 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 wanna of... own, I want to own my house as well, but do you own your house? Because I, I, live in this, I live in this apartment building here in Rotterdam. My entire street's been broken up for months now, and it will be for months to come. If they decide, to, the, the, the city, that this apartment needs to go, then it will fucking go. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they'll pay me for it. Yes, they'll pay me for it. But I can't say no. I cannot stay here if this building is going to go, mm. there's no way. Just not going to happen. Yes, there's protests and postpone and blah, blah, but it will still happen. So do you own it? Eh. The true. land is always owned by somebody and you own a wee bit of land on that, maybe, until you don't, because there's always a reason why you don't own it anymore. So what's the difference then if you live in a rental um, I, I, I mean, I lived in an anti-squat apartment mm. for a while, and I knew that if you'd be there for two, three years, you could get kicked out at any time. There were still people living there that bought that apartment, but then a couple of doors, uh, a couple of doors over, and they just got a hefty fee to get the hell out. They couldn't stay. They wanted to stay, but they couldn't. And if you rent it, same thing. Yeah. They'll just buy you out, and it happens anyway. So what's the value then? I mean, I understand the value, but it's 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 a psychological thing. We just don't want anybody to tell us what the future will be. <laughs> we want to control. Yeah. I mean, I think there are degrees to ownership, and I'm not sure yeah. if it's desirable. If yeah. only a, because eventually someone owns it, and and those mm -hmm. who own it will have all a great level of control but with that comes that there will be 
competitors. So it's going to be a difficult uh, thing to uh, to monitor. Hey, let's move on to the next thing because we, we, we can talk about this for hours. I think that it's, sure. it's way more nuanced than most people bring it. But we yeah. definitely see this this move towards more of a subscription economy. But it's always a question of how far and how extreme is it going to be? Yeah. Because I think ultimately, if you, if you would like, you can still buy stuff. Just in yeah, yeah. It. But you've always done that in the past. And, and effectively, you've bought it, but with credit, hmm. which is also of someone else. <laughs> let's move on to the... Yeah, let's get to Binance. CZ Bitboy Crypto. Oh, yeah, yeah they, they are in trouble. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're actually in trouble. I mean, there's always another Binance foot, but here we go. This kind of made me laugh. Uh, we we, we laughed this off Je with Sam Bankman Fried and Fried Fried. Simon Bankman Fried. Yeah. 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 Fried, we, yeah. we also did it with Doc One, so we might. Uh... Yeah. So we, we have here. Jet G, just a tech guy. The music has stopped for crypto crazies. Binance, CZ, Bitboy Crypto dragged into a new one billion. That's with a B. Lost. Um, it is raining lawsuits for Binance as the cryptocurrency exchange has been dragged into a new class action lawsuit seeking one billion damages. According to a Fortune report, Moskowitz law firm. And boy, Schiller Flexner filed a class action loss against Binance. Its CEO, Chengpyang Xiao, also known as CZ, and three crypto influencers. Basketball star Jimmy Butler, Graham Stefan, and Ben Armstrong, BitBoy. Binance accused of listing unregistered securities. And Binance rising legal troubles. It's an interesting article. It's... Uh, Speaking about the case, Adam Moskowitz of Moskowitz Law Firm reportedly said, The statute clearly states that if an influencer is promoting an unregistered security and has a financial interest in doing so, the influencer may be liable to everyone who bought the assets. The exchange that facilitates the trades would be liable as well. Um, Binance was yet to respond to be in crypto's request for comment at the time of writing. Uh, meanwhile, this is not the first time law firm has filed class action lawsuits against a crypto firm. Um, they did the same with FTX, uh, Thomas Brady, Kevin O'Leary and others firm also filed another case against Voyager, whatever. So there's a, there's a new case of Binance FUD, CZ FUD, um, Bitboy FUD. What are your thoughts, Tim? My thoughts. <laughs> I think they, 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 Binance and all those other crypto guys who are doing these crypto things, they are always under regulatory scrutiny, I think. Yeah. So we will have to see how this, how this develops. But I do definitely know that I wouldn't trust those entities under any investigation. I don't have any money with, the, with them. Yeah. I don't listen to what they're saying. Um, and I try to steer away as much as I can from all the people you just mentioned because yeah. I do not trust them. I wouldn't trust yeah. them with my uh, capital. 
That's what I think of it. So if, if I wouldn't if trust them with my napkin, man. <laughs> I mean, no, especially that CZ. Yeah, but I, 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 would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust them at all. And um, I don't know <laughs> if they blow up, bad for them. But I don't necessarily see us going down with the ship. Perhaps temporarily. Yeah. But eventually, we will emerge back. I think. It, it's kind of interesting for BNB, right? So the, the Binance token, I think it's like the fifth token again on CoinGecko. We'll move yeah. up to CoinGecko in a bit. Yeah. Um, that has made an amazing run. So I'm just curious what that what will happen if, if, if things really get bad for Binance. Yeah. Well, part of the allegations also, not necessarily this lawsuit, is that CZ has been using his BUSD, so that's his USD-pegged stablecoin. Oh, dear. And Here his, we go again. And his BNB yeah. to buy up Bitcoin, and then they buy Bitcoin with a token they create themselves, and I believe that's BUSD, and and, and then they sell that for... for they they dump that for BNB and so they they pump BNB and then they uh, I don't know it's a, a little bit too <laughs> too many hoops too many steps for me to uh, to recollect but that's a way of pumping and dumping both Bitcoin as well as pumping their own token and their own stable coins which they can then exchange for dollars um, etc. Uh, those are just allegations, of course. I don't know if there's any any truth to that. But if somebody is under so much scrutiny all the time, I would not put my money there. Um, and uh, you can uh, regard that bit as uh, financial advice. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, and I, I do think that there, there, there's an interesting case here, right? That what, what they stated... Um, the statute clearly states that if an influencer is promoting an unregistered security has a financial interest in doing so, may be liable to everyone who bought the asset. And, and in a way that goes also for the Quanti show, right? That's why we attempt to steer between journalism and necessarily promoting a token or promoting uh, the sale of a token and and it's it's a it's a lot of gray area right because we just love talking about this shit we are by no means financial advisors not at all not but, yeah but but we could still be regarded as such and it could very well be that if people watch the show they bought Q and T then we get hailed as saviors when quant pumps like a mother, if it will, in the future. Or we can also get lynched on the public square um, if, if it dumps. And the question then arises, right? What is our stake in you buying a token? It, it, and yeah we attempt to stay as far away from telling people what to do as possible for this reason. Um, 
Well, we are, our, our hands are not clean either. I see Tim cringe. No, it's, uh, it's been more of at this point, I, would, I wouldn't even know what to tell people if they ask me for crypto advice. I would honestly say, well, do whatever you, you feel is right. Yeah, of course. Um, with Quan, obviously, my opinion is biased. For other crypto, I'm not sure what I would tell them. It's it's a difficult situation, right? Because we love talking about this project. We we speak mostly about the development. We only have a very short moment where we talk about price generally. Uh, we love talking about the tech, but it's, it, in essence, I mean, I know Bitboy and, and a bunch of those other creeps went a lot fucking further, right? Like shilling every new coin on the block and and doing price analysis, giving either buy or sell calls, um, which you'll never get here. I mean, Quant is always a buy, right? No. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's always it's someone, diff- someone's buy, because if you sell your Quant, some other party will technically buy it. Yeah. yeah so if yeah. you state that Quant is always a buy, hey, SEC, I know you're watching us. Uh, please don't sue us. Hi, NSA. <laughs> I think my personal yeah. IFD agent will be uh, cringing uh, again tonight. Okay. Um, yeah, I get your point. Show me Hold on, I got a knock at the door. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. FBI, open up. Okay. Click. Shall we, shall we look at uh, Quink again? <laughs> Anyway, so what we have here is the current state of the market. Let's share our screen. Here we go. So right now we are looking at the prices in US dollars. And we can see, let me refresh this bitch. Yeah, we can see Bitcoin 28k dollars and Ethereum 1.9k ish. Um, Tether and USDC are both at $1, <laughs> which is also notable. Uh, uh, recovered for a bit. Um, Dogecoin is almost at 10 cents. And um, whereas good old QNT 35, QNT is position 35, 124 US dollars. Um, Looking at most of the coins, as usual, they have pretty similar patterns. I noticed the 20-hour volume, 24-hour volume is really low last couple of days. Now we're talking 50 billion average over the last couple of days. Um, yeah, Bitcoin the entire market. 17 and a half billion volume. That's low. That's really low. That's, that's really low. Everybody is pretty... Um, Pretty worn out, I suppose. Um, yeah, the BNB 311, pretty stable. It's, uh, it's kind of boring, actually, still, <laughs> in a way. You just look at Bitcoin, it's gradually grinding up. No, it's not. It's been a stable coin for a week. Bitcoin is stable. 14 days, stable coin. And on the 30 days, you see like this dip and then a little bit of a bumpy back to 28K. So 28K seems to be whatever it is. Um, 
And what was interesting, let me see if I can uh, highlight that thing. Yes, here we are. Quant tweeted, quote, Bitcoin isn't a currency. It doesn't hold its value. Its only value is in the hopes and dreams of the people that hold it. Unfortunately, that's not a good basis for a sovereign currency. End quote, said Mar Hargreaves on why crypto can't fulfill the role of a well-regulated CBDC. This is going a little bit short, I think. I mean, he's not wrong, necessarily. Yet, um, if you look at the 180 days, um, yeah, you could buy 20,000 breads on October 27th. And you could only buy 50,000 a month later. So if you look at what is a currency, right? Mm -hmm. Then it has to be something that more or less gets you the same value every day. And yes, there's inflation. And yes... Yes, yes, we understand. But even on the worst day of the dollar for the last 100 years, um, there was not a price difference or, or a buying power difference of 80, 80% in, in such a short time. Um, and that's what, that's what they strive for, right? With, with currency, to have a stable money, right? The money is supposed to be stable and guaranteed. It should be reliable, etc. Um, and yeah, cryptocurrency does not provide that. Tim, no, you're I, looking. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with Martin, nor do I necessarily agree. I think on the point of being a well-regulated currency, he is right. And he, he goes into the CBDC part, and I agree with him. But saying that Bitcoin isn't a currency. That's a point where you start disagreeing because there are countries that well have Bitcoin as a legitimate form of currency, right? You, you can pay with it. So I think it really depends per country what, what is a currency and what isn't. And I know that Martin is trying to push the CBDC narrative in the UK. So he will definitely say, not only the UK, all Western economies. So you will make that case, but I think it's a bit more nuanced than that. But definitely, Bitcoin isn't stable at all. Yeah. Uh, so, and what is a currency? Is based, sorry, before, and it definitely is based on the hopes and dreams of the people holding Bitcoin. That's yeah. also what I, what I agree with. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that, right? I mean, it's the same with, with, with art and other stuff. And, yeah. and also, the euro is also founded by the hopes and dreams of the people believing in it, yeah. and the EU being behind it. Uh, oh, that, that, that's a hundred percent true. If we lose faith, then 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 every, then the euro will depeg, or, or how do you call that, devalue, for sure. But look at this, right? Currency. So a system of money in general use in a particular country or the fact or quality of being generally accepted in use. 
Um, what is a currency? Currency is a medium of exchange for goods and services. In short, it's money in the form of paper and coins, usually issued by a government and generally accepted, and generally accepted at its face value as a method of payment. So it could technically be beer caps, right? Bottle caps, follow. B bottle caps. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but but that is just generally agreed upon then that that is a currency. Same as uh, with diamonds, uh, big stacks of cocaine, all those things. You can just buy stuff with that everywhere, at least in Rotterdam. And uh, <laughs> joking. So that's 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 both sides of the aisle, right? On the one hand, you have a government, and they say, "No, you can't have a currency unless you have an army to protect it," uh, which is kind of correct. But that's how it's always done. Doesn't mean it will always be like that. I mean, things can change, right? United States is built by stealing from Indians by providing them mirrors for all their valuables or beads or other shiny stuff. Um, and, 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 and they built the country on, on the ashes of that and then created their currency. So why would not Bitcoin or other crypto build on the ash of uh, the U.S. government with the dollar. I know. Uh, I'm joking just a little bit. Um, so, but I, I think I think that's, I think, I think that this was interesting. And CBDCs, um, and that was also what went through my, through my mind. The CBDC will not be what everybody will be paying with. The CBDC will be supplementary, right? There, there will also be um, e-money, and there will be uh, stable coins, and there will be a lot of things. So, for him lashing to Bitcoin in this context, always seems a little bit ill-informed. Maybe he was just a little bit enthusiastic. I do not think it's ill-informed. It's just trying to push his narrative because he wants he wants this because overloads are connected to it so it makes sense just how you word it does it, it does i think martin hargreaves is uninformed he just need to remember who is saying what <laughs> and why they're shots were shots were fired shots were fired nah like i was joking again a little bit but, but he might be um, he might be informed we don't know there there no i don't know no no I believe he is also the one that said there will be multiple forms of money. Maybe that was Gilbert. I don't know. But people need to, as far as I know, understand that. Oh, I also broke this. Um, that when CBDCs come, it will not replace all the money. That's, that's not the point. Especially not in the beginning. CBDCs are to be used supplementary, right? To fill gaps and to use on the back end of things between banks, between governments, between banks and governments. Um, and, and maybe on the back end, right? But if everything will be central bank money, what will then be the need for commercial banks? The commercial banks will not cease to exist. They will not be all eliminated. It's not gonna happen. Can remember the source for this, but they could potentially very well all create their own little stablecoin. They could all create an ING, we're in the Netherlands, right? An ING euro 
or a Rabobank Euro or an ABN AMRO Euro. And they could all be fungible, right? So you can just exchange an ABM Euro for an ING Euro. And why would they do that? Because on their own back end, it could save them a lot of money. There could be benefits to using the ING Euro because they might have contracts with, um, with specific vendors and you could get discounts. And, and why do you not want to kill that? Because that is our economy. That is what our economy is based on. That is capitalism. If, if we introduce the CBDC as, as the only means of payment, um, that, that, that kind of edges towards uh, what could be considered maybe communism in a way. You, you, you will destroy an entire field of competition and innovation. Because there's no point if everything is CBDC, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we're going uh, way we're off go, track we're going here. Off the, yeah, but <laughs> off the track. Yeah, we're going off the goddamn mountain, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I mean, it, it it definitely is interesting, and uh, Bitcoin's days might be numbered. They might not be numbered i'm not oh, sure days are numbered Every, everything's days are numbered nothing lives forever nothing exists forever everything will eventually perish and die, die. yeah that is days <laughs> are numbered yeah hopefully anyway before. yeah we, we we have some other tweets want or do you have anything to add tim i apologize for uh no not necessarily um so, citing the economic benefits she believed uh, CBDC can bring, Dr. Lisa Cameron, MP, who chairs the Crypto and Digital Assets All-Party Parliamentary Group, said, quote, why would we not want to be part of this? We can't afford not to be. Uh, which is interesting. Um, Quant was at the flagship, flagship city AM digital asset event. Um, the London's mansion house last week, uh, the crypto spring awakening. Read this article. This is also where the quote from Martin Hargreaves came from. Um, as you can see in this picture, by the way. Martin is huge. Martin is, is a really big dude, uh, which is pretty funny always. Uh, He's also tall, by the way. Um, I have a look at this article. There's, uh, there's, yeah, there's more of this uh, coming, but the momentum is certainly here. Uh, looking at CBDCs, the latest tallies: 114 countries are looking at it. Um, so, yeah, CBDCs are are no longer a question, right? They'll they'll get there. And not all CBDCs will be built on quant. God, no. But there will be an infrastructure that will be needed. And SATP, for instance, will also um, be of major importance for enabling all those things. Same as tokenization. Reading here another tweet of quant. Enabling hashtag tokenization of non-bankable assets could also be a significant competitive advantage for the private banks, asset managers, accountants that move 
first uh, city wire health and city wealth. That's another uh, article from March 20th, 2023, uh, The Next Generation's Family Silver. I think we, we, we spoke about this briefly with, um, with Bas, when I was with Bas uh, on the episode. Yeah. yeah, so this 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 is like the Galileo use case, right? Everything can be tokenized because if it's tokenized, it's it's better tradable, transferable, um, insurable, and a ton of other things. Um, and all these things people remember, right? You never go from zero to to one hundred. There will always be iterations, and it will take a while to get there. And it will be very gradual. Why? For the same reason that most of you were crying and smashing your head against the keyboard when I was talking about you will owe nothing in the future and you will be happy. A bunch of you were and flaming and stuff because it has already to a degree happened. Now, if you look at how things were 100 years ago, how things are now, how people looked at mobile phones, how people looked at the internet, Etc. Um, nobody, nobody could really imagine 30 years ago that the compute that is in this little thing would, would, would change the world the way it does, and that this would even be a remote possibility. Um, and, 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 and that's how it goes with everything. But it takes time. And then all of a sudden it's there, and everybody's like, whoa, how did that happen? Yeah, it's been happening for years. And um that's the same with the tokenization, and it's the same with Overledger Network with the platform. We are very, very well informed, even though we don't think so. That's why we call other people normies. We call them boomers. People have no idea, and people don't care. People just don't care. I spoke to somebody with, with, with six figures of fiat in the bank and zero invested, more or less. And I was like, dude, do you have any idea how much money you have lost in the last five years alone? No, 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 no. I still have to save amount of money in my bank account. Uh, yes. How much do you pay for your groceries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still have the same amount of money. People don't know. People don't care. People don't understand. And uh, well, it is what it is. Um, so... Tokenization will come, it will happen, all these things will happen. And in the beginning, these things are the end goals, right? Increased liquidity, lower transaction costs, increased transparency, and access to a broader pool of investors and fractional ownership. This will not be ready when these products are ready. It will not be cheaper, most likely, in the beginning. It will over time. There's more competition. People start... Uh, Streamlining, streamlining the tech, uh, all those things, it, it will eventually get cheaper or we just get used to the prices and uh, et cetera. Um, but, but that's how things go. And that's why Bitcoin is also almost obsolete. <laughs> now, before you dive into 2.27, yeah, uh, it's a 27, I mean, if we think about it, like, what we are seeing now with, with quants and where we are most of the people in because you just said i want to jump in on that like we know more than we think yeah and that is definitely true um 
if you just look at where we have been putting our money and where the quant community and the, so all the people around us following this show have been putting their money we know a lot we 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 have made a very educated guess using our phishing method yeah. right so like everyone else in crypto is just in it for for memes or uh because you can send uh, money from a to b bro and it's fast and uh, i can <laughs> uh build some dApps, and then we will all you really think qnt and erc20 token is as fast as xrp do you <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. I think what we are seeing now here is just this this tiny little community with with people in quant and in some other projects and sure everyone thinks that they can predict the future but we do have a very educated guess because we are betting on those macro developments which will take place in the coming years and then everyone will ask hey how did that happen and then we yeah well remember 2021 when we were making our first episodes we were telling you back then it's just all playing out in slow motion. Just yeah. like the overledger updates, I guess. Well, it's not in slow motion. It it's is actually going really, really fast. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's no, a breakneck pace. But we but at the space like 2020, man, it, it, it there there was some talk about how CBDCs maybe could become a thing. And now 2023, Lackchain and the Latin American dollar still poised to be released this year. Yeah, that's fucking three years for South America to get united with a single currency. Like, what? That's not uh, slow motion. No, that's I, revolution. I do agree with you. If you think about CBDCs in themselves, I think 2017, 2016, that was when the first conceptualizations of them emerged and like the first policy discussions. What do you think about globalization the then? Yeah, that, that, that is indeed a trend that has been, Paul, has emerged like the past two years i think <laughs> that is literally happening on lightning speed yeah and, so, yeah. and that's what happens right leapfrogging but then at, at, at a smaller scale so um so someone creates something and, and and other people run with it and and everything yeah just just escalates so uh, in my opinion everything's going really bloody quick um, but yeah, if you're invested and you hope to become a millionaire in the first few months, yeah, then everything is going in slow-mo. Not taking jabs at you, by the way. Um, but yeah, uh, people need to manage their expectations, especially if you look at governments and stuff. But uh, I mean, have you ever tried to buy a car in real life? That will also uh, take months if you buy a new, new car. You cannot get that car most likely the day you get it and if you do get it the day you get it then it's not as new as you think it is that's been there like for it? uh yeah yeah so stuff just takes time uh, and money needs to change hand and regulation now anyway let's let's not move there <laughs> can we do the updates that's the last part of the show before we uh, draw yeah. to a close yeah, yeah yeah for sure so, better track it for the XRP ledger so you can more efficiently manage your XRP-related transactions. Crickets. <laughs> I thought um, I lost you for a second. Yeah, I know. Overledger 2.2.27. What's new? This feature, this release features and enhancement 
to the XRP ledger tracker, enabling our users to monitor addresses more efficiently and providing a more seamless and reliable experience for managing XRP related transactions. What does it mean for you? You can now easily track addresses for incoming and outgoing transactions on the XRP ledger network. Additionally, we have implemented various improvements that make the XRP ledger tracker more maintainable. Easily monitor an XRP address for incoming and outgoing transactions. And that was it. So um, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, um, these updates. Apologies, let me guess. That's a, it's a tiny update. Um, when did it release? Last week, March twenty eighth. March twenty eighth. Okay. Yeah, so it's about a week ago. Fair enough. Um, this is the state of the updates, um, and it has been like this for a while, uh, which is uh, kind of cringe but also pretty interesting. Think about because it. Appar uh. Because apparently there's a lot of stuff that's either ready or they're just not doing anything anymore. Or they're, or they're not sharing. That's also a possibility, of course. But yeah, um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, just like the next episode, you'll have to wait and see what For will sure. happen in two weeks' time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we did kind of a lot in this episode while not doing a lot at the same time, but we did cover a very, very important platform, which might become very substantial in the future. We don't know yeah. the impact yet. This might be this like. The thing in space hits like the International Space Station. It might be this small. Like, it might be like particular small particle of sand like hitting the International Space Station, which you know. But at uh, the speeds that it happens, it, it's going to be a might cater a huge explosion. Do we make any sense right now, or am I just? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I understand. We, we Something can yeah. move at infinite speed in a vacuum, right? Yeah, and it, it might cause enormous damage in the future. So yeah. we might think, oh, this is irrelevant, but it might also be very, very important. Yeah. With the for a lot of people, as you said, it's not very tangible yet, right? Because this is no. four cents, and it is only four cents, and it is for 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 something that people can really touch or play with, really. Um, and people want the gateways, but when you add the gateway fees on top. That will be the nuke, right? That will set everything up. And we are so much closer to getting there because th th this feature is wonderful and all, right? You can now create shit and you can then use that within quantum environment with their, with their gateways, which is nice. But there's very limited value to the network the way it is right now. Example, Facebook. Facebook was worth nothing nothing when they created it on their own school right it was a it was a university or a high school project uh facebook you put everybody on there and and write your own bio i mean everything was there had no value until everybody started using it 
Same with ARPANET, DARPANET, whatever ARPANET, which then became the internet. One state, two states, 10 states, World Wide Web. And, 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 and that's where we're heading. And, and, and that's where the value comes from. So current overledger, valuable, maybe, but not until it is fully fledged and released all over the world, as is the internet right now. Because that is where the resiliency lies. That is where the innovation really happens. Because even though quant are very creative, they still have a tunnel vision in a way. They cannot do everything. Same with the, with QuantorScan. That feature wasn't there yet in the future. And that's because people, other people see different problems that, that, that the developers themselves are not focused on. And that's where I, have to, where I agree with you. I was thinking about this earlier. You, you said, I know exactly what it was about, but I think it's indeed with tech, the development of the internet. And if you think about yeah. like the initial applications, that took, that took years. Yeah. But then as soon as some websites started emerging and new services, that it went quickly. Yeah. So yeah. That, 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 that is exactly, exactly where we will be heading. And yeah, th think of the Jet GPT thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, two yeah. million users a day. What? With, within, within a month, two million users a day. Yeah. That's crazy. That is truly crazy. So that's, anyway, that, that's the, 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 the final point of this episode. I was just in the office today and uh, just overhearing my coworkers. So not actively participating in the conversation, but then people were talking about like chat GPT and like the implications it has, but like from a normie perspective. So that was kind of interesting. I was like, this might be an actual like video game conversation in the background. You know, that if you try to simulate a video game that's being set like in the 2020s, this might be an actual conversation. <laughs> Sorry for that, but like, sometimes you have these video games set like in an historical era. It's like, this is a typical conversation that, that kind of defines this moment in time. Yeah. Like you have these mafia <laughs> games, for example, and you know, the mafia franchise, there's this example, sorry, I'm really going off topic right now. If you're still listening, cheers to you. And there's this level that's being set in the 1940s. I think it's mid Mafia 2. And there's this mission where you have to break into a prison or in. No, I think it's in a bank. And like two of those security guards in the bank, they're talking. And then one guy is like, What if you kind of put a. a so they were talking about television, but what actually if you could, could move the, the person on the screen, like having like a, a control mechanism? And they were effectively describing video games. And that was kind of what that reminded me of, but I'm not making uh, sense right now anymore. Yeah, no, I'll no, leave, no. Now it does. That's, that's, I'll, I'll no, make it does sure make to link sense. that in the description. It's kind yeah, of interesting. yeah. That's so cool. that is the normie perspective, I think, on things as they are right now. And the same thing will happen with crypto once again and with Overledger in the next cycle. It's a matter of time and there's no actual adoption and growth without gateways and with SATP, without SATP. And though Overledger and SATP are different, uh, they both rely on gateways. That is the way computers will communicate in the future. There is no doubt. No. 
if you don't trust yourself anymore, I can understand. I sometimes doubt myself as well. <laughs> we all do. We all do. Yeah. But look at a Am I really world. this crazy? Am I really this lucky? Yeah, I mean, I ask myself the same question every day. Yeah. Am I crazy or yeah. are they? Uh, or do I take quite a be... bit of healthy arrogance to uh, keep your uh, keep your footing? Or do I just happen to be at the right place at the right time? It doesn't happen to us. Anyway, oh, so thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Um, let us know how you perceive the audio and the video, if it is a little bit better or not, um, what could be tweaked, especially on my end. Um, love you guys. Leave a comment, a like, subscribe, and um, we'll see you in two weeks in English, next week in Dutch. In the meantime, yep. stay, stay comfy. comfy. Cheers. <laughs>